Hello, everyone. I'm Chris Hagan, and this is our podcast, Above the Standard. We seek out people in our industry working to make the fire service better. Today, my guest is the most positive firefighter you'll come across. Lieutenant Kerry Thompson is many things. Firefighter, cancer survivor, multiple times over, grant writer, husband, father, and all-around great guy. Ladies and gentlemen, Kerry Thompson. It's awesome, man. That's just great. It needs to be done. That was just great. So, uh, Carrie, I really do appreciate. Like I said, I really do appreciate you um, jumping on here. So, uh, Carrie Thompson, I, I don't know, like, how, what what describes you? Grant Grant writer, extraordinaire, licensed chiropractor, <laughs> educator, yeah. firefighter, and, and yeah. firefighter in, in one of the, I would say, most popular cities in our county, um, with a ton of, of various infrastructure and and definitely a diverse culture climate in that city as well um but carrie share if you can share with me your journey into the fire service what what got you in the door to take the oath and kind of what what brought you to to 2020 right now i was uh going through school i was a chiropractor i was going through chiropractic college i already had a degree in um in chemistry and uh so i i was going to be a chiropractor and i worked my way through college as a police in the police department down in georgia and i really really enjoyed it a lot it was a great it was a great field i had a lot of fun i learned a lot of things i got out of college i got out of chiropractic college i opened up my practice in melvindale michigan and uh it was really successful i did really well well the firefighters from melvindale and the surrounding area that they were they were pretty much my main clients like before i even started before i even opened up they came in and uh you know came through the building and did a walkthrough and they were really awesome people they're really impressive and i got to be friends with them and uh so <laughs> as time goes on they started talking to me and they said you know hey you would be really you would be a great firefighter and i'm like man i went to college for eight years you know to be a chiropractor i don't know if I, i'm going to do anything like that and so they kept you know telling me you know hey i think you'd be great at it you know you're caring you're compassionate you're all these things and it, we'd really like to have you in the fire service so I did it. I went to, you know, I like, uh, it was, I think it was in practice for a few years when I did it. And, uh, I started going to school craft and started getting my EMT and paramedic. And, uh, I was just going one day a week because I was practicing. I really actually, at the time I worked, <laughs> I worked a lot. I was working at Ford Motor Company to get my practice started. And then I was working at, at the, um, clinic during the day. And then to take on something else was just a lot, you know, but I, uh, I did all three. I went to school, I worked at Ford and I worked at the clinic and, uh, and I, I started doing it and I had all these intentions of just going to Melvindale to be a firefighter there because they're the ones that talked me into it. But, uh, in the meantime, after I got out, um, Melvindale wasn't hiring and the city of Royal Oak was. And so, uh, I put my application in and, uh, I got in, in there and, uh, I actually applied for five different jobs in five different cities and, and I got called on every, each one of them, but Royal Oak was the first one to call. So I went there and I just, I've stayed there ever since. And I, it's just been the greatest thing that I've done with my life. I'm so thankful that I did it, you know, bar none, chemistry, chiropractic, uh, police, all these other things, you know, it's just been fantastic for me. It's been so rewarding. I'm just so thankful that I got to do it and helping people out. And then, you know, through the by and by helping other fire departments out and helping firefighters out all over the place has just been so rewarding for me. One of the things I would take away from you is your, your positivity and your attitude has been unwavering and one straight line of just positivity and motivation 
to help out pretty much every everyone that you meet. I, you are probably one of the most synonymous persons when it come people when it comes to the fire service. I don't think there's like the six degrees of, of Kevin Bacon. There's like six degrees of mm-hmm. Kerry Thompson. Like with with, with the, I could find someone in L.A. and within six people, I guarantee I can I can get back to to Lieutenant Thompson. Um, on Royal on Royal Oak. So, Kerry, you you come with a, a a distinct passion for this job, and and even more so, even more, what's more palpable is your passion to help someone. So, where does that come from? Where I guess where is your mission? Where because you wake up every day, and I, one I know you stretch. And then two, yep. <laughs> I, where's your mission? Where, where do you want to leave this fire service? You know, when you finally, you know, hit that mark and retire, like where's your mission going? Because every day, I, I see nothing. Like I said, nothing but unwavering positivity from you. So, so kind of talk about what what drives you to make this place better, and and where's your mission going? Like where where do you like to, to I guess focus your efforts? Yeah, this has been great. It's been a great thing. You know, when I first got in the, well, the first time, you know, the Melvindale chief, his name was Sam Pedron. He's the one that talked me into being a firefighter and then all the other guys. And, and he told me just, you know, all the way throughout, give your best, do your best, give your best. And if everybody gave your best in the fire department, that we would just be unstoppable. You know, there would just be nothing that could, could stop the fire department or firefighters around. And so I took that heed. And then when I got to the fire service, I had a uh, sergeant, his name was Will White. He was my sergeant on probation. And he told me the same thing. And I, I just knew it was meant to be. So I never, ever thought about getting in the fire service just to take away from it. I never thought that I was just going to come in and earn a paycheck and leave. It was just really kind of a platform for me. It's just the start of it is it allowed me to do so many other things to be able to help people out. You know, one of the things that I was able to do, one of the proudest moments of my career is uh, I had this little program in the park and it was called, uh, you know, safety town is what it was. It was, you know, kind of replicated all around the country. What, you know, I copied from somewhere around the country and I started this program and I, I would have it in the summertime for three days. I'd have an afternoon and a morning session for three days and it would, it filled up like the minute I put the word out, you know, I, for it, it would fill up every single year. I put a thousand dollars of my own money in the first year to get it going. You know, I, I knew that the union or anybody, they would, they would have probably given it to me, but I didn't want to ask them. So I just put my own money into it to make sure it started. And it just kind of took off from there and it got to be super successful. Whereas as soon as we put the word out that this safety town was going to open up, it would fill up within like a day or two, not very long. And so it kind of progressed along. Then uh, Beaumont hospital, they contacted me in uh, 2005 and they needed to do some more outreach in the community and they liked the program that I was doing in the park. And they said, Hey, let's, let's start this building. You know, let's start this uh, thing up um, safety city. I went and talked to them and I asked them if they could get them on board to help me out. And they jumped on board. You know, the first time I went to talk to them, they jumped on board and uh, we, we got a, uh, a building at 13 mile in Woodward and we opened up at, uh, the first of its kind in Michigan and uh, nothing like it exists any, anywhere in the state of Michigan. It was a year round program and we did injury and fire prevention and we brought the police in and we did, you know, stranger danger and things like that. We were actually ed- able to educate like tens, you know, tens of thousands of people through safety city. And it was just amazing. It was one of my greatest accomplishments about being able to, you know, give back and prevent injuries. I just don't want to see, another person, another child, another adult, anybody get injured or killed because of fire or other types of injuries without us getting out in the fire service and educating them. And Safety City USA gave me that platform through Beaumont Hospital to be able to educate all these people 
uh, to, to prevent injuries and death through different types of uh, fire or other types of injuries that could happen in the real world. And it was just great. And so that, that progressed along. It's, it just closed down in 2016 when Beaumont tore down the uh, 13 mile in Woodward to build a new shopping center there. It, it, it lasted for 11, basically 11 years, 10 or 11 years or so. And uh, it was just great. Educated so many different uh, thousands of people through there and just and every different subject. It was fantastic. So that was one of the ones I've done this thing called walk to school with the kids. I started it over 20 years ago. <clears throat> it was just a simple thing. You know, we got the kids, uh, you know, we were we were in Royal Oak and the community is really involved in the fire service and really involved in the community. So I reached out to the schools and I said, hey, you know, I've got this really interesting idea. Uh, I want the kids to know that the fire service is behind them and their growth and to make sure that they don't feel like that they're all alone. And I would really like to walk the kids to school. <laughs> so I, they, they, they laughed about it. Well, the first year we were there, we had like 200 people show up to walk to school with us. And, you know, it's progressed along through the time. Now I've done it for 20 years. And so now kids that had walked originally with us, walked to school, are walking their kids to school with us. And, and this last year, I think we had 600 people walk to school with us. It's the largest walk of its kind in Michigan. And, uh, you know, it's just a, one of my greatest accomplishments. I've just, I'm so happy with it. It's just been a great thing. Just uh, one day a week, you know, one one day in October, we pick a school and we walk these kids to school. And uh, just an amazing thing. It maybe takes us like a couple hours, but it just lets the kids know and the com community know that we're really behind them. I uh, did another program called uh, Storytime with Sparky that's been kind of replicated all around the United States. It started from me and Royal Oak Fire Department at the Royal Oak Library. I would get a costume character, Sparky, and I would go to the library and I would read to the kids uh, four times a year. And uh, they would have to sign up. And it's one of the library's busiest programs. It's again, it they allow, I think it's 75 or 100 kids in there at a time and every time that that comes out for it it fills up again and the kids just love to hear me read to them and uh i've been doing that for uh i think i've been doing that one for 18 years and uh the kids really respond to it the royal oak library association they've uh, shipped in and they let the kids pick out two books at the end of every time when i do story time with sparky and uh it's just but that's been great everything that i do has like a dual mission to it so yeah we want the kids to walk to school if that's a good thing and we want them to stay safe that's a good thing but we also want them to have physical fitness and and to take care of their self and their take care of their bodies but then the other part is with the story time with sparky we want the kids to come and and feel comfortable with the firefighter in case we ever have to come to their house for emergency but the other part of it is is that you know we want them to learn how to read and to be successful in their own life and there's just so many other programs that I could tell you about that, that I've, that I've either conceptualized or are developed, you know, to make sure that it was a real good program for not only just the fire service in Royal Oak, but the fire service as a whole. I just don't think that there's anything that I have that I want to keep to myself and say, you know, if I've got this, everybody will look towards you. It's that I can't give it away fast enough. Anything that I have, I want this. I want the fire service to be successful. I want the firefighters to be successful. And I just want to give everything away that I have. No, absolutely. And that's, that's been a big, I think, driver of of, of yourself and, and a lot of other people is that mindset that knowledge gained and stored and not shared is knowledge lost. Um, That's right. So I, I, I respect that um, so much. Where have you seen, and I, I can't imagine it would be a, a small um, response either, what's been the community the community um um, perception of those programs and the involvement of the fire department because 
our our system, our entity, there's nothing stopping a, a, a fire service Jeff Bezos to come in and make a private fire department and put us all out of business. It's a grand, it's a yeah. huge feat, but that's crazy. Crazier stuff has happened. So we are a hundred percent reliant on public. We are a hundred percent reliant on their support, and we need to take that onus and that responsi- responsibility to make sure that we have the best relationship with our citizens and our community to make sure that we are as much of a pillar in the community as like our our libraries and our schools. Um, did you see a, a very heavy positive influence from the community and in the support of the community throughout these programs and throughout your career um, in that area? It's been fantastic. You know, it's just like in the fire service where we we try to train with each individual fire department that we're going to work with just so that when we show up on an emergency that we're not meeting the people for the first time. And that's kind of how I've addressed public relations inside the city of Royal Oak is I want to meet the people long before I get into their house for an emergency. I want to try to meet as many people as I can. You know, uh, back when we used to get regular paychecks, I would cash my paycheck and I would go around and I would I would go in on the Friday that we got our paycheck and I would go around to all the businesses in Royal Oak and I would try to spend as much money as I could in Royal Oak for my groceries, for anything that I could do to spend money there. It was twofold. Is one is these are the people that support us as a fire service. They're the ones that pay taxes and and provide for our families. And the, so I wanted to do the same in return. I wanted to take care of the mom and pop places, go in and spend my money there for my groceries and you know my shoes or whatever, anything that I could do for my family to buy in Royal Oak. I did. And so that was great. I got to meet a lot of people. I met a lot of, uh, you know, business owners, a lot of individuals, a lot of everybody. And, uh, oh, my gosh, the support that I've gotten from the city of Royal Oak has just been fantastic. The people, you know, from doing this for 20 years and, uh, you know, doing all these things, the people that are in the community, they all know who I am. And uh, so, the, you know, the city leaders, they know who I am. The people in the neighborhoods, they know who I am. And it's a really good thing because they know I'm not trying to take anything. I'm not trying to do anything. All I'm trying to do is make the city of Royal Oak the best possible place that you could, you know, work or, you know, uh, play or do whatever you wanted to do in the city of Royal Oak. And they they're on board with that. And they've been very supportive. The community has been incredibly supportive. You know, back when I started the safety town program in the park, uh, you know, we got in there and we started trying to get this thing together and, um, a couple different places like DTE, um, the Royal Oak Women's Association, they all wrote me out a check for $500 to help me get that started. And, and back at that time, you know, they didn't even know who I was, but they just did it to help me out and to help out the community. And, and then they've been very supportive all the way throughout. They've just done everything, anything that I, I'm very careful on the things that I ask for. And because the city, the people in the city, will do anything they'll break their back to get you the things that you need to help out the people in the community and that's just that's all inspiring to me i really have a lot of respect for not only the city leaders in the city of royal oak but the firefighters that i work with and the community that i work in i have tons of respect for all of them because one is the city's been able to provide me a living to take care of my family for you know 20 going on 22 years and the royal Oak firefighters they've just done so much for me to help out for me personally and the community has done everything that they could to possibly help me out. So, man, I, I go into work, you know, with a with a smile on my face because I'm grateful and thankful that I've been able to work there all this time, and to provide for my family and and do all the things that I've been able to do. It's just been amazing that the support that, that I've gotten through the years. One of the 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 I think 
I don't know, paramount like characteristics that that you have is your journey when when you were um, I guess for the first time uh, got that cancer diagnosis and one of the the most I guess I'm gonna call it heroic and all awe inspiring uh, attributes about you is you you took that oath to help people you have the mindset to help people and after your 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 your, your diagnosis you continued to stay on the job and you kept coming back to serve. And then it, it came back. And then you kept coming back and riding the engine and serving the community and, and, and living by the oath that you took. If you can 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 if, if 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 you wouldn't mind, could you share when you were first diagnosed and, and kind of take us through that journey on how you came through it and um went 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 on from there to kind of get again where you are today. Yeah, that's a great question. You know, when I was I was on the ambulance, I was working for my friend, my best my best friend at the fire service, Mike Gladue. He he was going to go to Chicago with his wife, and so he said, "Could you cover me?" So it was on February fourteenth. I said, "Absolutely." I went into work, and I was feeling great. We had a bunch of laughs that day. We did a bunch of work, but we were also you know having a lot of fun. And I felt like I were, I feel like I felt right now. I feel I felt so great and. I, I think I went to uh, take take it easy at about 11 o'clock. I think I, I was trying to take a nap at around 11 o'clock at night. I laid down, and about 12 o'clock, we got a call that there was a call in Ferndale that they needed a mutual aid call down there for an ambulance. And so me and another person, we got on the ambulance, and we drove down there. And I started, like, feeling, like, really sick, like, really sick. And uh, I, I, I kept kept going on just because, you know, we've got a job to do. People are laying on the ground. You can't, you can't say, I, oh, I'm sorry. I can't pick this one. I'm not going to do this one. I've got to go. So we get down there and uh, it wound up being on the Ferndale Detroit border. And so there's, it was, um, you know, a medical and there was, you know, there was a car accident and they were, these kids were in the median. And so we're loading them up and the police, the Detroit police are helping us out, get these kids on a stretcher to get them up to the hospital. So I, we load them up, I get them to the back of the ambulance and like, I'm just, struggling I'm, my world is spinning the whole world is just spinning so fast and i can't get my bearings up and i start you know projectile vomiting i know that sounds gross to say in this but it was just really projectile vomiting i was like it was just terrible and my whole world was shut down and that policeman starts kidding me he goes hey you know don't they have these kind of things in royal look we see these things all the time in detroit and i said yeah man i'm really sick and and then that's it and that's what i remember i passed i, I passed out you know and i i came back to and I was just trying to get back to, you know, being normal. And uh, I couldn't. There's just no way. So the police departments from all around, they were so good to me. I don't remember exactly what happened because I was kind of like drifting in and out. I, I had that, you know, like when we're going through uh, medical training, they always tell you like this feeling of impending doom, like, you know, you're going to die. I knew I was going to die. I felt it. And it was a ter terrible feeling, you know, in uh but the police blocked traffic. They had uh, six different police agencies blocking traffic all the way to get me to Beaumont Hospital, you know, to save my life. And it was just, man, I can't tell you the, the feeling of how much respect I have for them. You know, like everybody always wants to make a big thing between the police and fire department. But, man, when the chips are really on the ground or whatever, the police really step up and they help us out. The firefighters help us out. There were so many uh, firefighters and everything that were in there taking care, you know, making sure that I was okay. And that police officer, actually, when I was in the hospital, when, uh, they thought I was having a heart attack, actually, when that happened. But it come to find out that I had a, a uh, like a cue ball-sized tumor in my neck, and it was um, 
it was on my thyroid at the time and it, it uh, was causing me difficulty breathing, causing my heart to, to, you know, have difficulty pushing blood around and stuff. So it took me a year, almost, um, I was, I got operated on in, uh, that was in February. My last surgery, I had a couple of surgeries in October, uh, eight months later. And that was, it was, took me a long time. It took me almost a year and two months to get back to being almost okay. I wouldn't say that I was perfect or a hundred percent, but it took me a year and two months to be able to get back to being okay. And I really, when I went back to work, you know, the chief at the time, his name was Pat Mulligan. He, he took me over. He said, you know, man, there's no way you can work like this. You know, I, it was just a big deal for me to walk from my car into the building. He says, you know, we really got to take you over and start thinking about getting you a medical retirement because, uh, you know, we just want you to, you know, we want you to be okay. We want you to be okay. We want your family to be okay. And uh, we just think that that, you know, medical retirement's the best thing for you. So we went down to the city and uh, we, we were talking to them and they go, well, Carrie, everybody's telling me what, what they want. What do you want? And I says, man, as long as I can work, you know, I know I'm not, you know, I'm not, I know I'm not beneficial to you right now, but I said, as long as I can work, I really want to work. I don't want, I don't want a retirement. I don't want anything like that. I want to keep working. And they said, well, we're going to let you, we're going to let you go back to work. And, and they did. And I, I've, I've, uh, you know, that my first diagnosis, my first cancer diagnosis was in, uh, 2004 and here I am 16 years later, you know, I've had it uh, a couple of times in the meantime, but I've always been able to go back to work, you know, and, and keep doing my job. I just couldn't imagine, you know, the one thing that I sat down is, is uh, when this, when this all happened, is like my whole identity is about being a firefighter. And I'm like, well, now what God, you know, what am I going to do? You know, I don't, this is what I've done. This is my thing. I've got to, you know, I got to keep being a firefighter. And I just, I uh, just fought as hard as I could. You know, I think if you don't have something to fight for, a lot of people wind up dying because they don't think that they can go on. And, and I fought tooth and nail to make sure that I could get back to the fire service and uh, did everything I could. And I think that's, I think that's one of the things that actually kept me alive, you know, through all this time is my family, my friends, and, uh, you know, and then the, being able to get back to the fire services, some of the things that really kept me alive and kept me fighting. What? I had a two-year-old daughter at the time too, you know, it was just tough. So what, in, in that journey, in that process, especially for the first time when it, when, when it hit you, what, I'm sure there were, were 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 low moments, but what did you keep coming back to, to keep that motivation going? Where where did you what did, what did you rely on, and how did you rely on keeping that positivity? Um, was it the job, or 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 were what what was your driver to just keep positive and and not kind of fall into, um, kind of a, a spiral and kind of go um down that road. There were so many things, you know, like I believe in God, you know, I'm a, I'm a Christian for, you know, I, I believe in God. And so I was put my full faith in God to make sure that, you know, I, I stay grounded and that I, I know that, you know, everything that I do is not for me. Like all the things like that I've told you about, you know, I just got to tell you, I, those accomplishments aren't really mine. I'm a nothing. I'm a zero, you know, it's, it's all been that, you know, that, that God's all wanted, you know, or, or, have wanted these things to go forward to be uh important for the people to protect the people to protect the firefighters to protect the community to do all those things so i don't really take credit for them i'm just you know like i said i don't take any credit for that but the fire service as a whole oh my gosh man they're the ones that kept me going you know the times when i feel the most depressed you know i couldn't help you can't help but get depressed sometimes you know 
And it, especially with a big diagnosis like that, like I said, I had a two-year-old daughter at home and I thought I was leaving the world. You know, I just didn't think I was going to be able to, to live. And the fire service as a whole, they just, oh my God, they took good, such good care of me. The guys at the fire department, uh, you know, I'll never be able to repay the, the things that they did for me at the Royal Oak Fire Department. They, I would never be able to repay them. The guys worked for me for, you know, a, a long time. I don't remember exactly the time frame, but they worked and worked. They would go up on my duty days. They would show up and just say, hey, I got Thompson today, and they would work for me. Or they'd put sick time in, or they'd do anything that they could to try to cover me. How are you going to repay that? I'm never going to be able to repay it, you know, but I'm so grateful to them because I wouldn't have been a firefighter still, and I wouldn't have been able to take, you know, you wouldn't have been able to take care of my family being a firefighter. And the Melvindale Fire Department, the ones that got me interested in being a firefighter in the first place, you know, they said, hey, man, we really need to have a fundraiser. We need to do all this stuff to, to try to take care of you. And I go, ah, oh, you know, I really I don't want a fundraiser. I don't want anything like that. I, I you know, I'm, I'm just fine without that. You know, I'm, I don't need it. Well, they they all chipped in and they gave um, I, they gave me a, a big sum of money to be able to take my daughter out to go shopping and do all these things for my daughter. And man, it just really touched my heart. I would do the Melvindale firefighters. I would never be able to repay them. They came, you know, when they came to help me out, they would, uh, there was just, it was like a downtime for me. And when they did that for me and my family, man, I just, it boosted me up and uh, they just kept me, you know, everybody tried to keep me laughing. They would try to do things with me. And uh, some of the guys at work, you know, they would come and pick me up. And one of the guys, Dan Phillips, he he came and picked me up. We got tickets to go see the Buick Open. Well, I was in no condition to go to the Buick Open Zero. <laughs> and, and, and he took me and he went to the he went to the people and he said, hey, man, my friend's got cancer. Uh, he can't walk out to the to the place where we're going to go. And they go, oh, don't worry about it. And they let him drive his car out there. And he took his car out to, to where we, where we were going to sit. And, you know, like, where are they going to do that on a golf course, you know? And they let us drive out there. And just little things like that all the way throughout, you know, where people just – the, the funniest thing about all this stuff is the kindness of strangers is one thing that really kind of always like impressed me throughout this thing is it was the greatest cancer was the greatest reset button that I've ever had in my life because it made me realize that, you know, everybody gets bogged down in like, oh, man, I've got this bill to pay or I've got this or, or you know, maybe everything's not going right at work or nothing like that. But it made me re hit the reset button to really realize the things that are important and the things that aren't and the things that are important. There's very few and the things that aren't important are very many. And so I just concentrate on those very few. And, you know, you know, you know, people listen and they don't know, but, you know, I'm always walking around with a smile on my face. You know what I mean? Like, I just can't help it. And I'm just so happy to be alive. I'm so happy to share time with people, uh, spend time with my friends, my family. And really, when it comes down to the end, that's all that really matters anyway, you know, and, uh, so to, to tell you, it's all my family, my friends, you know, the fire service as a whole, everybody that could help me out, they did. I would go, I would be at my house and I would be in there and I would just be in, I would wake up in the morning and, uh, just have no energy, not enough energy to get from the bed to like a chair or anything like that. And I would just be just struggling to get to the chair and uh, I, I would hear something and there'd be firefighters from around the whole area from, you know, I live in Dearborn Heights, Michigan, and there'd be firefighters from around all around. They would be like cleaning my house, you know, cleaning the outside of my house or cutting the grass or cleaning the windows or doing anything that they could to try to help me out. And uh, 
I, you know, I would go out there to always tell them thanks. You know, I would go out to, to, to on the porch to say thank you. And I, one of the people, when they were cutting the grass, I told them, I said, you know, we, we've got a lawn service. And they go, we don't care. We just want to do something to help you out. And this is all I know how to do. And I wanted to come over and, you know, just to tell you that I care about you and cut your grass and stuff. And so they did it all the time, even though, we, you know, it was just that's the kind of support that I got throughout this whole journey and stuff, which is I'm eternally grateful to. And honestly, when I leave this world, I'll never be able to thank those people enough. It's it it's a it's a true testament of the fight in my mind the the fire service culture is there is there is no no news story and there is probably every single company would love to have the employee dedication and the and the brand equity that the fire department and the firefighters bring um, for sure you know, to them and and it, it just it goes to show that beyond any kind of political grief that comes in negotiation time or when the economy takes a downturn kind of what kind of where we are now is is that's the true spirit of the American fire service is 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 what right. is is what you went through in it, it's it's so humbling and and I've heard I've heard this story from you before and every time I hear it, it it's it it reminds me of how fortunate and I can't use any other word lucky and fortunate I am that this is yes. the career that I, I went down and I picked. Um, yes. Because there, there, there's nothing that, that compares to the kind of security, um, both both culturally and socially, that you have with those that are connected around you. And, and, and they're, to some degree, co- you, some can just describe them as co-workers, and there's so much more than that. There's so yes. much more than just a simple co-worker. Um, That's right. What changed... Um, with you either diet exercise morning routine daily routine what what did what changes did did you make um to kind of make your body the the the, the as healthy as it could be moving forward was there a stark um you know dietary change did you did you give stuff up did you add new things in I, when you know, like going to be going to school to be a chiropractor, you take nutrition classes and things to to uh, advance your career. You know, you're they do counseling for uh, nutrition in chiropractors' offices. So we have to go to school to learn for like I think it was a two year and a half or so out of our chiropractic education is all nutrition. So you know, not at the fire service. You know, whenever they <laughs> get the fire service, they eat really well. And but at home, we're we're really like more. Uh, we don't eat red meat at home at all. I don't. I don't. I don't. I couldn't remember the last time I had red meat I, at home. At the fire service, we've had it, but at home, I don't think I've I've had it. I turned to more like salads. Uh, you know, more vegetables. I try to eat. You know, four to five, uh, you know, fruits and vegetables a day if I can. I started drinking a lot more water. You know, I think that a lot of cancer, I think a lot of things, well, what we're exposed to on the fire service is detrimental to firefighters, period. But but I think a lot of the things that happen because of, you know, heart, heart attacks and cancer, I think specifically due to not cleansing your body enough on the out, inside, you know, using enough water, getting enough hydration, doing a lot of things to be able to, you know, get the irritation out of inflammation and irritation out of your body. And so I think, you know, I've started drinking a lot more water and uh, just trying to do everything that I could. I still have, you know, I'm not perfect, but I still have, you know, uh, 
my vices, you know, I drink a Coke, I drink a Coke once a day, but I try to stay away from it. You know, before I got cancer, I was drinking more Cokes in a day and, and I stopped doing that. I started reducing all that down and started drinking as much water as I could and try to eat as healthy at home as I possibly can. You know, I just try to do everything. My wife is, is really big into the, you know, um, fruits and vegetables and, and, uh, eating like that. And so the things she's made for us has really helped me a lot in that, in my fight. Did this, uh, did your fire department, um, throughout this process, um, uh, take any sort of, um, do they change, do they change practices or do they change like, um, at least their habits, to, um, in kind of in response to what you were you were going through. I think every every fire department is 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 very difficult to to change. It's like steering a cruise ship. But yeah, you know, did, did, were they able to make some some changes, some big or small, um, in response to this? Well, uh, it, you know, my uh, fire chief, you know, the sergeant I told you about, Will White, that was my sergeant on probation. Well, he actually got to be the chief through the by and by, and uh, you know, he, he, a couple of times when I was uh, going to appointments. He, he would go with me. He, you know, we were having a meeting at Beaumont. He came down, he saw me and he said, Hey, uh, what are you doing? You know, the meeting's over. You can go home. And I said, ah, I can't go home. He goes, is everything okay? And I go, I don't know yet. I'm going to find out in a little bit. He goes, he goes, I don't want you here by yourself. He says, is it okay if I go with you? And he did, he went to the, he went to the appointment with me and he just kept, you know, they, when they were in there, they found, you know, the tumors, you know, in my, another set of tumors in my neck. And he, he was looking at me and he, uh, he kept me positive. You know, he wouldn't like, I automatically started getting sad, you know, is you couldn't help it. Somebody tells you you got cancer. You can't, you can't help, but get sad. And Will kept me laughing. You know, he kept me smiling and he made everything okay. And from that day forward, you know, it just made me all right for the whole trajectory. I knew that I was going to be okay. And that, that, you know, that I remember at the very time that I got diagnosed, you know, thank God he was there with me and he think, you know, thank goodness that he was able to like encourage me and keep me laughing and, and, and not let me get, you know, sad or depressed because I think that that would have been really bad. I was basically at, at our fire department. I was basically the, to our knowledge, I was the first firefighter to get cancer. And so it was kind of a shock to the system is it was a kind of a, like a, a shock. Nobody could figure out, like, we knew that there was bad things that happened in the fire service. We knew we were being exposed to a lot of different things in the fire service, but, but this was kind of like bringing it all personifying. It is that in, in fact, we had the original case as me of having cancer there. And so it was just, um, it took a while, you know, to develop things, to try to increase the safety and security of the fire service. And so they didn't really know what to do. There was just really no information out there. There was no, there was no like a uh, book that you could go to and say, well, you know, if you do this, then this, then this is going to be okay. And there was nothing out there like that. So we've kind of just been growing in, in, in our, um, um, knowledge of the subject. And I'm, I research it all the time to make sure that my goal is to make sure that no other firefighter gets sick or dies from cancer. And so the, as much as I can get out there and educate people, I go to fire departments all over the state and down into, you know, the Midwest, I go as far away as, uh, you know, like Illinois and places like that to, to educate fire service about uh, cancer prevention. 
and I try to tell them about all the things that I've learned because it's kind of like the dirty little secret that nobody tells you about in the fire services. They, whenever you look at the statistics for firefighters for their deaths and injuries, they, when they look at it, they think that, you know, cardiac is first and vehicle accidents are second, but I'm going to tell you, they all pale in comparison to, to uh, cancer. The cancer is killing so many people are getting sick. So many firefighters are getting sick and so many firefighters are dying from cancer and nobody really ever tells about it. it it's more than all the other reasons are for injuries and illness and death in the fire service combined. There's so many people that get it. The, the statistic that I've been able to share with a lot of people is 66% of the firefighters are going to get cancer and 66% of them are going to die from cancer. So they call it like the, um, the silent killer. Nobody knows when they get it. Nobody knows where they get it. If they just get it. And then a lot of them, it happens after they retire. Um, they retire. And then a few months or a year later, they get sick with cancer and, and then they die. And I don't want that to happen. You know, every firefighter, they work their guts out trying to get through their career to help out the community. And they want, that, you know, at least a day of retirement to be able to get out and just do one thing for themselves. And I want to help them get there. You know, I want to make sure that the firefighters stay safe. And if it's just through education, well, that's that's the key to everything is if we can get out and educate the firefighters on the things to do on a fire and after a fire to to protect their bodies and to prevent cancer. Well, that's what we got to do. We just got to get out there and we got to do more public education to the fire service about preventing that cancer death and injury in, in our occupation. Where, where have you found to be the best resources for gaining that knowledge on, 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 on cancer research and cancer like practice, like best practices for mitigation um, that, that, that you have found where, where can someone go to kind of learn um, all the information that, that you have uh, have been able to soak up. Is there a couple different areas that are kind of uh, a, a good go-to for people to really start um, that education journey? I, there's a lot of different places that I go to. I go to the uh, uh, National or U.S. Uh, Fire Service. I go to their uh, their webpage a lot. I try to extract information from them. I most of the time, you know, when you see something, you always have to make sure that it's like research based and it's not just the you know a guy around the corner telling you, hey, we should do this, but it's just got to have the research. And so a lot of things at the um, at the national level, the information is all research based, and they know that that these things actually prevent cancer or, or do these things. So I go to I go to different places like uh, um, the um, cancer uh american cancer association i go to them i go to all the, all these different places to try to figure out i read all the time about it i mean i'm reading like pretty much once a day i'm probably reading an article on cancer prevention or our different things for the fire service or the regular public a lot of things that whatever happens to the general public you can take that and ramp it up by like 10 or 100 times to, to the fire service because whatever the general public's going to get we're going to get you know 10 to 100 times worse of, of the cancer so a lot of things that they do for prevention in the general public well we just expand that out to the fire service but we do have some serious things that that are affecting us that don't affect the general public by, you know, the chemicals that we're exposed to on a fire, you know, all these different things. And so there's a lot of other mitigation things that we have to do to try to prevent these cancer injuries and deaths in our service. And that that's specifically I get from the United States, uh, you know, fire administration. So yeah, that's, a, that's a real good, that's a good resource. Awesome. Uh, so 
if if your your schedule and your your plate isn't isn't full enough, um, I know you are um, heavily involved in in grant writing, and yes, uh, so with everything that you have going on, how did how did that wrap itself into uh, your your world? And I know that you you are you were part of a team that really stepped up and and, and helped the city of Detroit. Um, yes. Several years ago. So, what 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 brought you into that world, and and where have you seen that become a benefit to to the fire service that that you've been connected to? Oh, that's a great question. So when I got back from uh, my sick leave from having cancer, you know, I I told you it took about a year and two months for me to get back in action to get back on the line to to fight fires. Well, I ran out of sick time, and I ran out of all these other vacation time. I ran out of every time that I could. So they let me come in and work on a desk job. <laughs> and uh, so when they had the desk job, they wanted me to stay busy because they wanted the city to get a benefit from you being there. They didn't want you to just sit there and, and take up space. So they came in and the, the chiefs at the time, um, they came in and they said, hey, you know what? We've got these grants and we, we've we never been able to get one. And we want you to do that while you're on, on uh, you know, on light duty. And so I took it. Well, I wasn't able to do anything else. I couldn't walk. I couldn't do exercise. I couldn't, I couldn't do anything like that. Or basically just sitting there. Well, I've got a, I've got a good mind that I've developed over all these years, you know, from going to college and reading and doing all these things. And I, I, I uh, had this mind that I developed up and it was, it was something that I could utilize. It didn't take any energy to be able to utilize my mind. So I really concentrated on it and I wrote it and I got, I got the grant. And uh, the first grant that I got was for technical rescue equipment in the city of Royal Oak. Then they said, well, Hey man, you're, that was pretty good. You know, you're still in there. Why don't you write this other grant? So I wrote a fire prevention grant and it funded like the arson investigation, the fire inspection, fire marshal's office, did all that stuff. And I kept writing them and kept getting them. And I was, you know, I wasn't getting turned down on them. Well, that started in 2004 when I got sick with cancer. I think I, I think it was 2000 at the end of 2004 is when I first started writing my first grant. And uh, so I started writing the grants and I, I went all the way through to like, I can't even remember the year that I got. I don't think I got turned down for like the first, you know, four or five years that I did grants. I just don't think every grant I put in, I got. So then communities around started calling and said, hey, you know, we really want you to come over and give us a hand and do all the things that you can do. So I'd go help them. And uh, I would help out as many places as I could to try to get them the equipment and things that they needed to be able to uh, take care of their firefighters. So in 2011, I got called in by the city of Detroit. Um, the person's name was a uh, Don Austin. He was the executive fire commissioner for the city of Detroit. Well, he came in from Los Angeles and he he said that the first thing that he wanted to do, one of the first things he wanted to do was get me to come on board to write grants for the city of Detroit. And so I told him, you know, I kind of I kind of smiled. I said, you know, hey, man, at the time I was going through another, you know, another issue with um, my neck. And so I didn't want to I didn't want to take any chances of getting sick, you know, sicker. And I said, well, you know, I just really can't do it right now. I'm not feeling very well. I just can't do it. And he says, well, I'm going to call you. I'm going to call you every week until you come down and help me out. He says, I'm going to call you and check on you one. And then I'm going to call you to to get you to come down and help. So he did. He 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 followed his word. He kept calling me. And so I went, uh, you know, as soon as I felt a little bit better. Uh, I went down and I started helping them out. And um, my grant writing partner, her name is Karen Brown. She's a great lady. She, be, her, and I work tr- tremendously together. We've been able to do some really good things across, you know, across Michigan. Is uh, she, her and I started writing grants. Well, we got 
the first uh, grant, let's see, I don't know if it was the first one. Well, one of the grants we got was the largest safer grant ever awarded in the whole United States. It was $22.5 million for firefighters in the city of Detroit. And uh, so then we were working the next year, we got a $5 million safer grant for Detroit. And then we came back the following year and we got a $24.5 million grant. So we knocked our own self off of being the number one grant writers in the United States by coming in and getting a bigger grant. And so we, 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 we were able to help them out to the tune of over the whole time of that. I uh, work with the city of Detroit with Karen, her and I together, we, we were able to get like $97 million just for the Detroit fire department all alone. And it was just amazing. Well, you can just imagine, you know, the success from that is I don't advertise. I don't do anything like that. Places around the country started calling me to, to write grants for them. And I went and I, I, I hate to say no because i think that you know there could be a chance that you know the grant that i write could save a firefighter's life or prevent them from getting injured and that's my whole basis of my whole being and so i try to go as much as i can and uh it just so happens that like california texas and colorado are like my three biggest states i write grants for for all over the country but i i write uh you know those are my three big states and michigan of course you know everybody know you know everybody knows me here and so they call me up to write grants for them and i help them out as much as i can uh it's just been a great it's been the greatest thing ever i'm 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 approaching uh 700 million dollars in grant funding right now for for 700 you know, million dollars <laughs> yeah shut up <laughs> yeah isn't it great man it's just awesome it's just i can't I, I'm so, I, you know, like, I don't want anybody to get the wrong opinion of me when they hear me on this is that I'm a really humble person, you know, and I'm just th- so thankful that, that I've been able to help and do those things to be able to help firefighters out. It's just been an amazing, it's been an amazing journey. I'll, I'll tell you that. I, I, I just can't, I can't be thankful enough. And it all goes back to that whole thing of what me and you talked about earlier is it's my way of giving my thanks back to the fire service that took such good care of me. Uh, I'm I'm blown away. I think anyone that listens to this will be blown away. Um, I I want to I, I want to talk to you again when you hit a billion because you're gonna get there. I'm gonna get there. <laughs> you're gonna get there, man. That is, yeah, I'm trying. <laughs> that absolutely um, incredible. Um, Gary, you are an inspiration to to the entire fire service not only to our area um but 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 certainly uh the country the cool thing um about uh, about this is the 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 network that that I, I kind of um started with this just one instagram account i mean we have people that connect with us that are on military bases in the middle east and we yeah. have people all over uh, the country that I know are connected in and I know for sure they're going to hear this and they're going to, this is such um, a, a, a positive story and I can't thank you uh, enough for spending the time um, to talk, um, to talk with me. Thank you so much. Oh, I'm so grateful for the opportunity. I'm the biggest proponent of the fire service that there ever was. I know that there's other people out there that are, are big people for the proponents of the fire service, but I'm behind every firefighter. I'm behind every fire department. I want every firefighter to stay healthy, and I want every firefighter to be successful, every fire department to be successful, and I just can't give back enough. I, I know that there's only one of me, but I wish I wish I could do more. You know, I, I, I stay busy. I wake up in the morning, and I start working, and I go to bed at night, and I'm working for the 
fire service trying to do things to, church, to try to promote the fire service through grants and other things. And I just can't give back enough, but I wish I could. I wish I, I wish I could do more. That that's awesome. Uh, again, I, I appreciate it, Carrie. Uh, I appreciate you, buddy. Thank you so much for inviting me to do this. I really enjoyed it. Good, good. I want to thank each and every one of you for tuning in, and thank you to the guests that come on. Be sure to follow Barbell Battalion on Facebook and Instagram. Donate to a great charity around you and support your local homeless shelter. Until next time.